All right, welcome to another episode of Comic Book Squares. We got another great one today. My name's Shane. I'm Carrie. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. Let's get this show started. All right, well, welcome to another episode of Comic Book Squares. We got a, a great creative team with us today um, and a really, uh, really fun book. So, uh, KJ, do me a favor, just kind of give us a rundown, like an elevator pitch for, for what the book is. All right. So, Zhao is a Wuxia um, based comic book series, right? So, it's basically set in a historical setting in the so, between the transition between Song and Yuan dynasty. So basically it follows the, the family of uh, Zhao Ming and they were they used to be royalties in the Song dynasty but because of the fall of the dynasty they now transit into a Mongolian-led Yuan dynasty and they now have to face um, themselves being in an environment whereby they are being ruled rather than being the rulers themselves. So that is in a short what the story is about. Excellent, excellent. And uh, Api, Jimmy, uh, what, what is your uh, role in, uh, in the creation of this book? Um, so initially, I was approached by KJ to uh, come in as a sort of a line editor to like go through the language, clean up everything else and make sure everything flows nicely. But um, over time, as I got more involved in the project, it became closer and closer to my heart and um, I ended up like you know doing more than what I was like initially um, um, approached to do and I started you know rewriting like big swaths of uh, of uh, chapters and uh, re rewriting you know a lot of the dialogues and everything to make everything more streamlined and in in tune with the characters and stuff like that and I mean for, for context, this is the first comic job that I've taken. I've never written a comic in my life. Uh, it's not even in my wildest imagination that one day I'll be writing a comic. I mean, as some of you might know, um, I'm also a YouTuber and I, I talk about Chinese history and I write, you know, do translations and write the stories from there. And I also attempted to write my own um, novel. And my background was actually in... Um, copywriting and commercial writing and over the past what 10 10 over years so yeah when i took the comic job it was like yeah what's the worst that could happen you know Let, let's try it out <laughs> a change of pace might be good because i was suffering from burnout a, a bit back then as well so yeah but here we are like who would have thought who would have thought definitely not me <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome well uh, uh so how did you two end up meeting you know you're originally brought on for one uh role and then it expanded to be this bigger thing what was your initial uh what brought you two together yeah kj would tell you that story <laughs> all right but to be honest even though we live in singapore which is a rather small country we have not met each other in in person yet yeah so all, ah. all of our interactions have really been on virtual when we do virtual calls and so on yeah but how we initially met is really i have been following his youtube channel so he has been sharing all the chinese history all the wuxia related kind of store uh, stuff on his blog on his youtube channel so i have always been following it and yeah it intrigues me because wuxia and chinese history is something that i'm interested in uh, but of course i'm not as expert in it as compared to rp yep so when i started out this project i i find that one of the biggest challenge would really be the accuracy in terms of uh history 
Yeah, so while this is more of a historical fiction kind of story, but we do want to try to stay um, as historically accurate in terms of timeline as much as possible. And in terms of perhaps the, the aesthetic looks of the characters, the, the costumes and so on, and other li little things that we want to take note of. Yep. So that was how I actually uh, thought about it before I reached out to RP. So I actually wrote him an, an email. Uh, and then we no, you message me on Facebook. Oh, yeah. All right, I message <laughs> you on Facebook, and we connect through a call, and then afterwards is is email from there on. So, uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, he joined halfway through the project about for volume one, so about three chapters in, and then he started off as an editor, the line ed editing that he has mentioned, and then uh, he edited the second half of the volume as well. Then subsequently, now we are also working together on uh, plotting up volume two, three, and so on. Wow. How many, how many volumes do you have planned? Um, KJ showed me the, the rough plot outline for like where he wants to go in the story. And then I took a look at it and then I look at how big the actual world is going to be. I mean, just imagine how big the entire Mongolian empire was back in the day. And that's mm. how big the world is going to be in our story. And I looked at it and I go through like what he wants to tell, the story he wants to tell, what he wants to say. I was like, he was saying like maybe six to eight volumes. And I, I looked at it, I was like, nah, not going to happen. Not going to happen. We are looking at like 10, maybe wow. 12. Cool. Yeah. If, if we are going to like really flash out the entire world and tell the story as it's supposed to be told yeah but that's just a plan but now we have ideas up to maybe like what five four to five that's like definitely is going to happen yeah cool that's awesome yeah i love it i love it so so this started because of your interest in in the history element of it and wanting to tell that in, a, in kind of a visual medium what made you go in the direction of comic books to, to communicate this story as opposed to, you know, other, other kinds of visual medium? Mm, I guess for myself, because I have been doing comics for a few years prior to this, uh, I have actually done up other uh, self-published comics as well as um, working with some indie publishers on their comic books. Yeah, so comics have always been a thing of mine and then I have written and drawn stories. So naturally, Comics is something that I want to go with. Mm. Other than comics, I think uh, most of this uh, genre of stories usually fall into the the novel, yeah. uh, the novel side of things. And I'm not really good with words <laughs> to, to put things into a novel form, right? So naturally, I, uh, I'll say comics came naturally to me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, you nice. you also need to tell them like how how we always say you're born for this job, like born for this story. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. His name Kang Jing is actually a, deri a derivative or a a a, a play on, on yeah. a play on this uh, name of two very famous uh, characters in a classic wuxia story, uh, Guo Jing mm. and Yang Kang. So when his father named him, he called him Kang Jing because his father was such a fan of the wuxia genre and the writer uh, Doctor Louis Cha, who is like the Stanley of, of Asia, you know, in a way. And his surname is Zhao, which is a title of our book as well. So he is like, you know, the perfect <laughs> character and he was born when it's like destinies align and the fates come together and it's like, okay, so Kang Ting is writing a story about the Zhao family from the Song Kingdom. 
like basically he's writing in a way his ancestors. <laughs> you know? yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So, well, and I know, uh, I know when oh, I ahead. first replied to you, um, KJ, I was playing off of the Marvel King and I was just like, <laughs> I, I, I was like, um, are you watching Loki right now? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't uh, managed to catch up on the season two yet though. <laughs> it's very good. It's excellent. Yes. Nice. <laughs> so it's I very should watch cool it later. Hear... Pardon? I should watch it later. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it I it's funny now hearing that there was a whole um history of Kang in Singapore. So that, oh, yeah. <laughs> you really were well, meant for it. Yeah, absolutely. So um you had mentioned that um you know you've been doing comic books for a while. I was kind of looking at your bio on the website before we, we jumped on this call. And um I mean I know that you said for a while, but just looking at your bio, I mean, it's fairly relatively soon, right? It's like 2018, right? Is that uh, was the kind of the first thing? So, you know, in a time span, it's it's pretty short. And what you've been able to accomplish in that short period of time is really to be commended. Um, and you've really uh, reached a, a, a lot of um, kind of milestones in that short period of time. So, you know, kudos to you. Um, that's, uh, that's really, uh, really fantastic. Um, did you do artwork? prior to 2018 and, and coming into the world of comic books? Uh, to be exact, I started drawing in 2018. Uh, and then I delved into comics drawing uh, in 2019. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, so it's really that one year of practice. But I would say that uh, when I was young, I loved drawing. And I've been doing comics uh, from young. Like at a, at a very young age, uh, just random doodling and drawing in a comics form. Because in Asia, manga is very, mm. is very popular, hugely popular. So it has always been a dream to be a manga artist. It just as you grow up along the way, you know the typical Asian parents will tell you, uh, yeah, you can't earn money through comics or manga. You know, scrape the idea. You know, so so it I, I didn't follow through when I when I was growing up. It's just that when I got to my twenties and so on uh crowdfunding become a became a thing uh and then mm. Mm, yeah so so there's more opportunities to really to really pursue that passion of yours and mm. yeah so one one step by one step i, I basically i went through uh, kickstarter i went to look for indie publishers and to try try my luck uh i've managed to get some good opportunities along the way like drawing for the local newspaper and so on yep mm. so I, i've been very, very blessed in this short period of time in a way yeah, I would say so. Well, I mean, have your parents now come around to uh, accepting this as your uh, career path? Uh, yep, I guess so. But I'm <laughs> because I'm doing it uh in in a way at a part time part time uh, passion kind of thing. So I still yeah. have a full time job. Yeah, I've always been just seeding the ideas to say um maybe someday I will quit my full time job to do to do art full time. You know, then then they're like trying to trying to balance and weigh out the pros and cons for me. You know, and That's stuff awesome. like that. They're like, okay, <laughs> all right, <laughs> you know. I mean, come on, KJ is a chemistry major in university. He's got a degree uh, in chemistry. Nice. <laughs> and that explains why the name Cairo Comics. Yep. Ah, yeah. okay. I mean, Cairo is, I think, a chemistry term, right? You were saying, yep. KJ? Yeah. Correct. So that's why Cairo Comics. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. Some inside info there. I love that. Yeah. So now that you've uh, appeared, now that you've uh, kind of. Uh, 
been immersed in this world of comic books, but you know, you're originally brought on as an editor. And like you said, you had never uh, done this kind of work before. Are you uh, now fully immersed? Are you looking at uh, doing some other things beyond this project? Oh, I, I am. Uh, if anyone out there needs, like, you know, a writer or proofreader or editor, let me know. Uh, if you need consult on Chinese history for your stories, let me know. I'm, I'm all, you know, all for taking it and I'm really enjoying it. So now um, my focus is actually, we already started working on Zhao Volume 2 uh, mm-hmm. just this week. And I'm focusing on that and focusing on uh, rebuilding my YouTube channel. If you've been mm. there, you know that I haven't really uploaded in like a year. So the audience is getting a bit antsy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's my two focus now. But um, yeah, having done comic for the first time and getting to know the community, um, a, a small corner of community, I felt that, yeah, I think I found my people. Like I found, mm. you know, a, a group of creatives and people who have these like crazy ideas and mm-hmm. like just going out there and do it. It's like, it's refreshing. It's refreshing. I mean, I, I've been working, I've been a lone wolf for so long. And now it's mm. like finding a community is like, wow. So that's what it feels like. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. That's awesome. I know I, I definitely, I get that sense. Uh, my family and I go to our local comic convention here uh, in Arizona every year. And um, yeah, even when I just walk in, it's I get that sense of these are my people. I, I mm-hmm. you know, you feel a sense of relaxation that you can be yourself. Um, yeah. So I totally understand that. Talk to me a little bit about um, now that you know, you're kind of a, a writing team a little bit. How does that relationship work um, now that you've uh, kind of established that going back and forth and sharing ideas and working together? How does that fit together? Yeah, so in fact, uh, I guess 15 minutes before before we came on to the, to the recording, we were still at, uh, talking up about some of the plot lines and stuff. Yeah, so um, I think in general, we take a primary and secondary role. So I'm still a primary writer and the RP is really here to help me maybe sort of the loopholes, uh, help me to enhance the story, bring him, mm. bring in some of his ideas as well to enhance the stories. Yep, so we basically just work with uh, Google Drive. We start off by just blasting all of our different ideas on the list itself. We just list them all out like a laundry list. And then afterwards, we sort of like, okay, sort of like critique each other's ideas. So he just point out some of the ideas that this doesn't work for me. And then I point out mm. some of his ideas that doesn't work. And then we just say, oh, this, uh, we like this idea, we like that idea, and then we try to pull everything together. Yep, so far we are, we haven't settled entirely on like for example, volume two, we, are, we have the rough over, uh, overflow, overview, uh, but we haven't really settled on the details, some of the details yet. So we are still sorting that out. But yeah, that's that's pretty much how we how we work currently. Yeah, and it, it helps that I'm a visual writer or visual anything, mm. so, um, I know different writers write differently. For me, it's like I usually already see a scene, like a movie playing out in my head. And what I do is try to put it in words on paper. And that's how I wrote, uh, attempted to write my novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now in the comic medium, is like, you know, in fact, for volume one, it was pretty easy for me because, you know, in comic, you have all the panels, which basically mm-hmm. are already the scenes. So it's just, I have to like, okay, feel the scene and bring out the, the ambience of it through the words that that's all I need to do. And in a way, it's like, you know, it's interesting to work with KJ because he will come up with a lot of nice ideas or, or, or direction of where he wants to go. And I'm always, um, and I've 
said this to every single one we've met that asked about my writing is like number one is the logic must flow the logic the inward logic must flow how many times have you read something or watched an anime watch a show or whatever and then 15 minutes in it's like that doesn't make sense yeah. you know it's in the idea is in conflict with what's happening in the world itself you know so that is like a huge no-no for me you know and right. i always have to make sure the logic must flow does it make sense for him to speak that way does it make sense for this person to react that way mm -hmm. and so i think in a way that's what i also bring to the project um uh, in this case yeah Excellent. i i wanted so, to give a shout out to your guys's colorist oh like, yeah yeah, Alan, yeah he's everywhere he's everywhere really beautiful <laughs> like the, I mean, the artistry and the writing, all of it's very good, but the, man, the colors mm. are so vibrant and attractive and they just work with the story so well, even though it's set so far, so long ago, um, the coloring is just excellent. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And since Ellen is not here today, we will just repeat that joke again. You know, Alan is everywhere. He's involved in like almost every project we know here. <laughs> so really? He's a guy. Yeah. He is like hot property, you know, in terms yeah. of colorists in Singapore, like one of the top guys. In fact, he's not just a colorist, what he does his own book as comic, well. Um, like, what is the comic experience in Singapore right now? Like, has it, is, uh, do people tend to gravitate towards historical type? comics are they more modern the newer stuff all manga like what what does the comic scene in singapore i think for comic scene perhaps we can split in two for creators as well as for readers i think for readers uh we have a larger fan base for manga uh, rather than american comics or the or marvel's uh superheroes kind of comics uh manga is way way more popular over here definitely uh, mm. but in terms of let's say local creators in singapore the main type of story that is popular over here for creators to create uh, is really those autobiographic, uh, auto mm. autobiographical kind of stories. Uh, I guess it sounds better in our maybe more practical kind of setting uh, in Singapore. Mm. Yeah, and perhaps you might have heard of the Eisner Award winner, the mm -hmm. Charlie Chan. Mm. The comic sure. yeah, Charlie Chan. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that kind of story is very popular over here as compared to maybe more fictional kind of stories. Mm. That's interesting. And what we are doing is definitely a outlier, I guess. I, I don't think anyone else is doing Wuxia nowadays. Not many people are doing that. Yeah. Mm. And how are you getting the word out? I'm sorry, Kerry. How are you getting no. the word out? Are there, are there comic book conventions that you go to in Singapore? Yep. Uh, in fact, for Singapore, uh, the annual Singapore Comic Convention is coming out in December. Yep. So I will be having a booth uh, at Artiselli, as well as uh, I will be joining two panels uh, as well nice. during the convention. Yep. So for Singapore, I think the scene is still growing. Uh, we only have one major convention in Singapore that is skewed towards the West, uh, Western comic scene. Uh, we do have some other anime conventions. But uh, there's an annual event, so all, all of us comic geeks, thank, thank you. Just look forward to that event in December every year. <laughs> That's awesome. And what about, what's the comic book um, store scene out in Singapore? Is there, is there a vibrant uh, like comic book shop? 
like I know here in in in, in states we have con- comic shops kind of all over the place. I don't know what it's like in Singapore. I guess currently we have about maybe four four to five comic book shops in Singapore. Uh, okay. I'm not sure how it compares to the states uh, in mm-hmm. terms of like area as uh, area to comic shop ratio kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for a relatively small country, I guess we have uh, quite a number of shops, like four to five comic book shops over here. Uh, but in terms of the community wise, I, I would say it's still on the low side, definitely, even though we have yeah. a few shops. Okay. I mean, we are a country that's like, uh, let, let me try to convert the distances. Um, what, about 30 miles across and 15, oh. 17 miles top, north to south. So what, about the size, maybe smaller than DC even. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, so we are very, very small country. And so, and it's not very practical for the government to like put in a lot of uh, resources into promoting the arts and stuff like mm. that. You know, all the resources are mainly skewed towards the uh, economical uh, developments in Singapore. So, mm. yeah, the art scene, comic scene, um, writing scene is kind of not as developed as um, elsewhere in the world. But mm. there are still, you know, idiots like us. <laughs> still insisting to to do this even though you know like yeah it doesn't really make sense in the traditional sense of the word but yeah you can't help it you want to do it you want to do it you want to create yeah. you have to create yeah i totally agree now follow you, your passions absolutely yeah you got to do what you love well, well, that's the worst glad... advice anyone can give, but yeah, I agree. With you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Well, I'm, I'm really glad that you gave that perspective, you know, um, you know, to understand the size and scope. And, and, and now that you've said that, I mean, you know, four to five is actually a, a pretty significant number of stores for, for a space that that seems, you know, smaller than I was imagining in my head. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's really great. Um, so. What is the traction like been outside of Singapore for this material? Do you find that um, around the world that other people are interested in historical um, stuff that's told in comic book form? Yeah, from our short interaction with some of the, some of the guys from the States, uh, they have mentioned actually that, that Wuxia or historical fiction is actually picking up in the, in, in the States. Like there have been some growth of interest in this genre over there yeah so that's very interesting actually and in fact for our kickstarter that we ran recently it was the best that we have done so far uh but in terms of the of the region for for in terms of interest we have roughly about 50 to 60 percent coming from all over the world including including the state so that is something that was uh sort of unexpected for me because i mean the genre is really still uh quite asian based and it's mm-hmm. a very Chinese historical fiction kind of thing. Yeah, so it, it's a pleasant surprise that there are people out there who enjoy this kind of content, who looks forward to this kind of content, which, yeah, is very encouraging to us. And definitely we want to like bring this and expand this genre uh, further than, yeah, wherever it leads us to. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'm really happy for you. I, I think that's fantastic. I, I find it, you know, I love learning about uh, different groups and, and, and cultures. So I, I think that's really exciting that, you know, pe- other people that are willing to embrace that as well. And, you know, it, when people watch this show, hopefully they'll get a sense of 
you know, what the book is about and what to expect. I can tell you just from the, the, the material that I've read, it's filled with action. So if, mm -hmm. um, you know, if you're interested in historical um, uh, material that also is just filled with really fantastic action and, and great art, um, you, you know, you definitely check this book out. It's, uh, it's a, I can tell that it's a passion piece for, for really the both of you. Um, Thank you. So you, congratulations to both of you. Thank yeah, you really so well much. done. Thank you. Thank you. But I mean, um, would your audience actually have an idea of what we've been talking about when we say wuxia, wuxia, wuxia? Would, would your audience actually have an idea of what, what it actually is? Probably, I, I, you know, I can't speak for everybody, obviously. I don't know necessarily that they would, but, um, you know. What is your understanding of, 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 of it when we talk about, let's say, oh, it's the wuxia genre? What's your understanding of it? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I, I did not have a, a, a grasp of what to expect going in. Um, oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't have a historical, um, you know, backstory to it. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So. Neither did I. Yeah. I didn't. Well, although, although there's the surface knowledge of right. the dynasties fighting and right. yeah. you know endings of families and 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 it being war related, right? Right. So. Right. Other yeah. than that surface understanding of it, I went in very, very blind as well. Okay. Well, in a nutshell, uh, wuxia is a genre that is like more or less specific to Chinese culture. Mm -hmm. It's um, like, you know, in, the West, uh, in, in Japan, you have the samurais, you know, you mm -hmm. have all the warriors, the warrior code. So wuxia is basically a story about, you know, that to me personally, there are three pillars to uh, wuxia genre. Number one, it has to feature martial arts, um, mm. you know, Kung Fu, you know, to mm. the West. Right. Uh, number two, uh, historical, Chinese historical setting. It could be a defined dynasty, you know, you could have a defined timeline, which period of history it is, or it could just be general as long as it feels like ancient China. And number three, which to me is the most important of the three pillars of a, that props up the wuxia genre, is the confusion values that underlines the whole thing. Like, and it's always about the struggle between the characters and the sacrifices, you know, in a way that they might have to make in order to either uphold these ideals and this philosophy or to sacrifice these philosophies and ideals to, for some more real world, um, uh, solutions or situations so it's that struggle of man and himself you know just like any other story and of course you have the hero's journey throughout the whole thing but the three um, pillars that can define a wuxia genre is number one martial arts number two a historical setting and number three uh, broadly confusion um, ideology and philosophy underlying the whole thing yeah so i hope the viewers will have a better uh, idea of you know what we are doing here you know and the genre that we are working with here yeah oh i love that i'm glad that you, i'm glad that you laid that out like that that's fantastic I, I, and i think that's really important for people that might not be familiar with this as well yeah. um yeah uh, that's be, really great can you spell that genre out for me uh it's actually just a romanization of a chinese word but it's spelled w u x i a x i what's the last letter a, alpha, A. A. Wuxia. Yeah, wuxia, yeah. Wuxia. Be, which basically is uh, two separate Chinese words. Wu means of martial or martial arts, martial prowess. Xia would, that uh, means like a, a, 
a swordsman or a, a, a someone that is um, a hero, something like a samurai. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you call that? A knight errant, a knight errant, mm-hmm. you know, kind of idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a knight errant who has martial skills, basically, that's Wuxia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I mean, you know, I always feel like if, 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 you know, that's one of the great things about art in general is if it can bring um, an understanding of of people together and uh, we can all share experiences, um, just makes the the entire world a a better place that we can all understand each other better. So, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I really appreciate this. this. Thank you for reaching out to us because I would never, you know, I would never know. And I love that we can now share this with people that otherwise wouldn't know either and and get you guys out there because this is really great i want to see 10 20 volumes yes yeah you got to keep <laughs> yeah, it going yeah we have, we have to ask the guy down there <laughs> he's the one yeah. doing all the heavy lifting <laughs> it's gonna be 10 maybe a decade of work on this volume ready yeah, at least that's i have right. a gig for the next 10 years Alan will have a gig for the next 10 years as well <laughs> that's right that's right that's right everybody wins yeah, yeah, everyone. Yeah, wins. I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, very yeah. cool. We'll we'll make sure to um, put all of the uh, the contact information into the uh, description below the video, so that people will be able to reach out and uh, and acquire. Um, it, are you you're selling everything as um as volumes? Is that how you're doing it, or are they individual issues? How are you how are you doing the sales? We are selling it as uh volumes, so more okay. of a towards a graphic novel. So each volume is about two hundred pages. Yeah, yep. so that includes for volume one, and then we will probably keep the same number of pages for subsequent volumes as well, so 200 pages per volume. Uh, currently, it is available on our online store, so chiracomics.storeandb.com. We are also pushing out the, uh, the e-books, the e-books on Amazon as well as uh, Google Books subsequently. Excellent. I Excellent. think it's, it's a pretty good time to, you know, uh, give more people the opportunity to like explore and find out about this genre that might be kind of new you know outside of the asian context yeah so we're pushing the digital copies into um you know amazon or google as uh, kjs mentioned yeah i love it i love it well hopefully this helps in some way to get the word out more and more people to discover it so (laughs) yeah we we appreciate you coming on and appreciate you reaching out to us so thank you for that Thank you. And uh, yeah, yeah, I just absolutely, I, I love it. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for more people to, to see it. Me too. Thank you. Thank <laughs> so you. are we. The more the merrier. <laughs> and, and before we jump off, I just want right. to say how dedicated these guys are because it is currently 8 a.m. And yes. uh, they're, they're 15 hours ahead of us. So yes. they're actually like seeing into the future. Um, yes. They're, they're <laughs> in Friday already. I hope yes. the TVA don't comes after us, man. That's right. No, this That's is right. meant to happen. This is a, this is a time heist meant to happen. Yes. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you again. I appreciate it. Thank you once again. Thank you. Thank All you. right. Well, this was a fantastic uh, episode. Again, just such a great opportunity to meet some uh, wonderful artists. And uh, please check their work out. Um, yeah, just uh, couldn't be happier. Um, Please hit that like, subscribe, and notification bell so we can keep bringing you content like this, and we'll see you on the next one.